0: We welcome you tonight to our evening service. We're going to begin with number 31, hymn 31, Jesus, name high over all, in hell or earth or sky, angels and men before him fall and devils fear and fly. Let's stand, please, as we worship our Lord tonight. Let's bow, please, now before the Lord in prayer. Father, as we commence our evening time of worship, we do so with that thought upon our minds in our hearts. The name of our Lord Jesus is high above all. And Lord, that we will proclaim His glory and his righteousness, and even as the hymn writer has written with our last breath, with all that we have and all that we are, that our Lord Jesus will be glorified in our lives. Father, we commit our evening service into your hand and pray for the help of the Holy Spirit in every part of our service. Lord, we do not want to come to a meeting of this nature and just think it's like any other gathering or that we would in some way rely upon a past blessing. Lord, we stand in need tonight of the fresh, oil of the Holy Spirit, the fresh grace that would be poured out upon us. Lord, come near and answer our prayer, and shut away every distracting thought, and Lord, that our attention will be fully fastened upon the Scripture and upon our Lord Jesus, And Lord, you would write your word upon our hearts so that we would be strengthened with might in the inner man and we would be edified and built up in our most holy faith. Lord, we want to be a witness and a light in our time. We want to see our Lord Jesus Christ glorified through our daily life. And so we pray, Lord, that You would help us and enable us and strengthen us with might in the inner man. We pray, Father, for every family represented here. Lord, we have so many needs, and I pray that we will all know the joy of household salvation. We'll know the joy of pointing relatives to Christ friends, workmates, neighbors that we will be a witness, Lord, to them and they will observe our life, they will listen to our words uh, that our testimony will not be uh, marred in any way. Lord, hear our prayer tonight. Come and uh, Lord, be one with us. Uh, grant to us an understanding in all things. Sometimes, Lord, when we read the Scripture, there are parts that we don't understand. And so, we pray, Lord, for light. We ask for a clarity and that we would be able to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus. Thankful, Lord, for today, service this morning for the opportunity of dedicating a library in memory of our brother Bodner, we pray for his wife that you would bless her. And we pray that the legacy of material and of books that we have, that they would be useful for those who are preparing and studying for the ministry, workers in the cause of Christ and that, Lord, it might please you to use this material for the extension of your kingdom. And so, dear Father, draw near to us. Remember, everyone in our congregation, those that are struggling through times of sickness or disability, pour out your grace upon them. We pray again for those who are facing surgery, some tomorrow, Some very urgently. We think of Calvin Golliher tonight. And we pray, Lord, for your blessing upon him in the hour, the time of his need. Remember our brother Glenn and sister Serene and also brother Ron. We hold all of these ones dearly, Lord, and earnestly up to you in prayer. Bless each one of them. And the shut-ins, those who are elderly, the seniors, not able to be out uh, sometimes at your house, Uh, Lord, pour out your Spirit richly upon them and bless them. So, hear our prayers tonight. We think, too, of the fellowship that we will have after the evening service. Uh, Lord, bless us. May we know the precious sweetness of the Savior's presence with us as we fellowship one with another. Bless us now tonight, thankful again for the fellowship that we have had with pastor joe and sister mira and for their children and lord we pray for your rich blessing upon them in their work in so and do lord that they would know the holy spirit going in front of them to bless their ministry on that island And among the people that they are witnessing to, and there would be growth in their congregation, uh, that the ministry they have among young and old would be richly blessed by the Holy Spirit. And the Lord, You would comfort their hearts and encourage them, and they would go back to their home and their ministry and work again, rejuvenated and encouraged, and that we would remember them in prayer. Uh, Lord, bless them richly. Hear us tonight. Bless us now, Lord, we pray, as we continue in our worship. In Jesus' holy name we ask. Amen. Hymn number 34, as we continue in our worship tonight, we'll stand, please, again as we sing. This this name shall be a comfort still. A long life's thorny road shall sweetly smooth the rugged hill that leads me up to God. And there, with all the blood-bought throng from sin and sorrow free, I'll sing the new eternal song of Jesus' love to me. The name of Jesus We love to hear that name. We love to sing His praise. We enjoy to talk one with another of His glory and of what He has done for us. And what we are able to speak about here and now on this earth, well, it is but just a scratching of the surface of what and how we shall be able to communicate of the love and the wonder of Christ because when we're in glory... Well, we will not be limited by a failing memory. We'll not be f- uh, limited by, well, what where does, where does that verse in the Scripture say? Where did you find that? You know, all these things will become very clear then. And we will have the joy and the blessing of speaking one with another of the depth and the length and the breadth of the love of Christ. And it will be at that time for us very, very special. Let's sing this final verse. Turn, please, in your Bibles tonight for a congregational reading to Isaiah, chapter 45. The book of Isaiah... Chapter 45, from verse 18. For thus says the Lord that created the heavens, God himself that formed the earth and made it, He hath established it, He created it not in vain, He formed it to be inhabited, I am the Lord, and there is none else. I have not spoken in secret in a dark place of the earth, I said not unto the seed of Jacob, Seek ye me in vain. I the Lord speak righteousness, I declare things that are right. Assemble yourselves, and come, draw near together, ye that are escaped of the nations. They have no knowledge that set up the wood of their graven image, and pray unto a God that cannot save. Tell ye, and bring them near. Yea, let them take counsel together who hath declared this from ancient time, who hath told it from that time, Have not I the Lord, and there is no God else beside me, a just God and a Savior, and there is none beside me, Look unto Me, and be ye saved, all the ends of the earth, for I am God, and there is none else. I have sworn by Myself, the word is gone out of My mouth in righteousness, and shall not return. That unto Me every knee shall bow, And every tongue shall swear. Surely shall one say, In the Lord have I righteousness and strength. Even to him shall men come. And all that are incensed against him shall be ashamed. In the Lord shall all the seed of Israel be justified and shall glory. May God bless his word to our hearts tonight. i have noticed that phrase in verse 23, where the Lord said that unto me every knee shall bow and every tongue shall swear. The Apostle Paul quoted this verse from Isaiah 45, in the book of Philippians chapter 2. And the reference is clearly to our Lord Jesus Christ. That when He comes back to this world again, every knee will bow before Him and every tongue will confess that He is Lord to the glory of God the Father. It's fascinating to study how many times the apostle brings out sometimes an obscure place in the Old Testament, and clearly Jehovah, the God that is speaking through Isaiah, is the very Christ that we are worshiping and exalting that we know of more clearly from the New Testament. There is coming a time when Christ returns to this world and those that have denied Him, those that have rejected Him, those that have mocked and scorned Him, they will bow down before Him and they will acknowledge that He is Lord, the Lord of heaven and earth, the Lord of all glory, the Lord that is to be worshipped and they will bow down before Him But for us, it will not be something done out of reluctance or anxiety or force. No, we will acknowledge and worship the Lord who is our Savior, our Redeemer, and our King, and we will do so with great joy. We do it in our hearts now. We do it in our services as we gather and meet. And we will, in that day, willingly, cast ourselves before Him and acknowledge that He is the Lord of lords and the King of kings, and we will magnify Him for all eternity. May God bless His Word uh, to our hearts uh, tonight. We welcome you again today, the Lord's Day evening service. We're very happy that you're here in person. And if you're watching our service online, you are also very very welcome we'll say a special word of welcome again to uh, pastor joe and his dear wife mira and to their children we're very happy that they are with us here from the island of Do in south korea and uh, i mentioned this morning how we enjoyed our brother's presentation last wednesday in the prayer meeting sharing with us about his work and uh, it helps us to be more alert to what god is doing in other parts of the world ministries we know nothing about people who are serving the lord in ways that we will never be able to do and yet we know something more we can pray more effectively for them and for their work and for their family and so we are very thankful to have this time of fellowship with them and lord willing they will be heading Home uh, on Wednesday morning and arriving back to their home on Thursday they're planning to go to Niagara tomorrow Uh, Reverend Kim and his wife Hannah they have been the the uber drivers they've been the chauffeurs and they've been driving them all around and so uh, they also are enjoying sweet fellowship with this dear couple and the family while they're here we enjoyed this time this morning as we had a uh, sister, Mrs. Dorothy Bodner, in the congregation, and we were able to present her a plaque for the opening of the John Bodner Memorial Library, her dear husband, who passed away in September of 2023. And uh, we had a time of fellowship also around the lunch table this afternoon. So they were it was a special time, and I know Dorothy really appreciated that. You continue to keep her please, in your prayers, as she is, well, readjusting to life without her dear husband, John, who is at home with the Lord at this time. Remember, please, after our service tonight, there will be a time of fellowship downstairs, and everyone is welcome to stay behind for some light refreshment and times of fellowship. You may have noticed the pictures that were on the screens in the foyer of the family skating that we had yesterday It was an enjoyable time. A couple of hours yesterday morning and then a pizza lunch back here at the church. I really appreciate those who were organizing and helping. appreciate Josh and Daniel Santos as they uh, helped to arrange the uh, skating at the arena. That was appreciated. And others who were helping behind the scenes as well. Uh, It was an enjoyable uh, fellowship time together. Some are saying... We need to do this more often and need to get out as a congregation together, and that's not a bad idea. And uh, we'll do this as uh, we're able and as the Lord leads us forward. Please remember Tuesday night, the Ladies' Bible Study, and that will be at 7 p.m. on Zoom only. And ladies, if you'd like to be a part of that, then speak to Brother McAnally, and he'll be sure uh, to give you the Zoom link. Wednesday, our prayer meeting, Bible study at 7.30 and then next Lord's Day, our services: is Sunday School, 9.45, morning and evening services at the regular time, 11 and 6.30. Please remember that communion service will be after the morning next Lord's Day. Those are all the ministry announcements that we have. We're singing again, please, number 44, uh, to the Lord's praise. Ye servants of God, your Master, and proclaim. Let's stand as we sing. We have two readings tonight. We're going to first turn to Psalm 46, and then over to Proverbs chapter 18. Psalm 46. The words that commence this psalm, the opening line, well, they have been words of great comfort and blessing to the Lord's people, well, from the time that they were written. God is our refuge and our strength, a very present help in trouble, Therefore will not we fear, though the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof, Selah, there is a river, the streams whereof shall make glad the city of God, the holy place Of the tabernacles of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her, and that right early. The heathen raged. The kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice. The earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Selah. Come, Behold the works of the Lord, what desolations He hath made in the earth. He maketh wars to cease unto the end of the earth. He breaketh the bow and cutteth the spear in sunder. He burneth the chariot in the fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 10. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it, and is safe. Let's bow, please, before the Lord in prayer. Father, as we have the Word of God open, we pray again for the opening of our hearts Let our minds be alert, take away distracting things. Lord, come and, I pray, meet with us tonight. Pour out your Spirit so that we will learn and have these great truths applied to our heart. Lord, so many times we we come to the Scripture and our minds seem to be clouded, closed over. Other things are taking our attention. Please, Lord, help us tonight to understand the Scripture and that it would be applied to our hearts. Give great comfort, Lord, Lord, Perhaps some soul is heavy and burdened down with one issue or another. O God, tonight come and pour in the oil of joy for mourning and give Thee the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Lord, hear our prayer tonight and bless us now, for Jesus' sake we ask. Amen. I want to think with you this evening on this verse of Scripture from Proverbs 18.10. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and are safe. Psalm 46 and Proverbs 18.10 well, they are a good match. They are a good pair. They go together. The psalm encourages us to take comfort in the one who cannot be moved, the one who is our refuge, and the one who is our strength. And as a result of this, you and I tonight can Be still and know that the Lord is God. There are, I don't need to tell you, many instabilities, especially in the political climate of this day. Wars are rising, it seems, on many different fronts, and you just don't know what tomorrow's news will alert us of of some new hot spot, some new aggression that's taking place in the Middle East, other parts of the world. And as we look at these things and we wonder who is going to be the first one to push the button, and yet, friends, let us be sure that when those thoughts come into our minds, we are always cast back upon the truth that we worship a sovereign God who is in control of all the fingers that are on all the buttons no matter where they are in this world. Our God is sovereign. He's in control of all things. Our God is the one who controls the minds of men. He controls their operation of nations and of peoples. And how do we know this? Because the Scripture makes it abundantly clear that God is working to His plan. He's working according to an ultimate purpose that He is bringing about to this world. All things, I remind you, are converging on the return of Jesus Christ to this world and He is coming back again, we pray, soon. We would say, as John did in the book of Revelation, Lord Jesus, even so come quickly, because sometimes our hands may hang down, our knees become a bit feeble, our mind uh, becomes depressed or cast aside, wondering where will all this end. Ah, believer, when we think on those things, It is good to come back to the solid ground of the Word of God so that we can be encouraged and know this, God remains our refuge and our strength, a very present help in trouble. And though the earth be removed, let's imagine the earth is removed. Let's imagine all the mountains of this world are cast down and melt into the sea, and the sea is no more or any other cataclysmic event that you could imagine. Imagine all that took place. God remains stable. Our God remains the same. Let us be encouraged about that tonight, because sometimes the problems or the issues that affect us, that come into our life, they seem so huge. They they seem so mammoth that we wonder, Lord, how are we ever going to get through this? Let's come back again to the truth of God's holy word and be still and know that the Lord is the God who controls all things. He is our Lord. He is our God. And my, as we have read from Isaiah 45 whenever you find yourself a little bit cast down or questioning, go back and read that chapter again, because the Lord said, I am the Lord. There is none beside me. What do the kingdoms of this world attempt to do? What do they think to do? They can do nothing because the Lord is the sovereign ruler and the one in control of all. And so, when we realize all the calamities around us, it is good also to take the ultimate truth of Psalm 46 and then take the practical reality of Proverbs 18.10 and say, we will, as the righteous, run into the Lord. We will run to the tower of our God, and we have great comfort and great encouragement in that tonight. I remind you in the first place, there is a statement of great security here. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. You know, when we hear repeated in the Scriptures uh, the name of God, you shall not take the name of the Lord in vain. Every knee will bow before the name of Christ and again repeated in Isaiah 45. We're not talking, and certainly the Bible is not talking about simply the, the letters or the vowels or the word order that makes up the pronunciation of God or Jesus or Lord or Jehovah, Adonai. Any of those expressions that draw us toward putting into our mind the picture or the idea of who this is speaking about. Because whether it's in English or Hebrew or Greek, or whether it will be in Korean or Chinese, it doesn't matter, friend. It is not the syllables or the structure of the form. It is what... The name of the Lord stands for. The Jews in the Old Testament were very superstitious and they would not even pronounce the the four letters or consonants that made up the name Jehovah. But when we understand that the name of God stands for who the Lord is, It stands for His being, for His nature. It stands for His attributes. It stands for His power and for His goodness. And what it all means as He is the God of creation, the God of heaven and earth, the God who has saved our souls from our sin, and has promised us the gift of everlasting life. This is what we mean when we speak of the Lord's name. When we are commanded not to take the name of the Lord God in vain, it is because in so doing there is a disregard and a despising not of the letters of a name, but a despising and a disregarding of who the Lord is Himself. Friends, let's remember that. Let's remember that when we are coming before God in our praying. Because sometimes in our praying, maybe due to nervousness, Maybe it's because we, well, we're just conscious of other people around us, but the Lord's name becomes a filler word to be repeated over and over and over again. Let's be mindful and careful that when we approach the Lord with our praying and when we are speaking His name, we are talking about who the Lord is. We are speaking about His person. We are speaking about His character. We are coming to the Lord Himself. That is why when we sing, the name of Jesus is so sweet because His name in our ears and in our hearts conveys all that He is and all that He has done for us and the more we dwell upon who Christ is and what He has done for us, oh, friends, then we will highly cherish the name of our Lord Jesus, and we will not ever want to use His name in vain or in a frivolous way or in a casual way. There is a bad habit that maybe you have heard of people in a form of expression will say, OMG, they'll write that down, or they'll say, oh oh my God, and they'll say it in a way of just sort of even a happy expression. Friends, be careful, do not use the Lord's name in a careless manner. We don't want to take His name in an empty way or a vain way because when we speak the name of our Lord, we are speaking about Him. We're speaking about His holiness, about His majesty, about His power, and His glorious being. And in all of that, we do not want to cheapen the Lord, or discount, or throw His name aside in any way. The ungodly and the heathen, they trample the name of Christ— they will use it in a a curse word. They'll use it in a joking, jesting manner. Those same people who would throw down the name of Jesus Christ as a mockery or a curse word, they will not do the same to the name Mohammed. And the reason why is because they might lose their head. Oh, friends, let us be careful. The Lord and His name and who He is, we are told here in our Scripture that the name of the Lord is a strong tower because the Lord Himself is a strong tower for us. We think of something that is a painting, Like if you were to have a painted tower on a piece of canvas or cloth, well, it might shield you from the rain if you were to walk out and hold it over your head and stop the drips of water from coming on you. You might be able to hold up something like that and it would block the wind a little bit. But it's not going to stop any bullets or rocks it's not going to protect you if some tree is going to fall upon your head. Man can make some very impressive fortresses and things that are strong and maybe even secure places, bunkers, places that can be resorted to when there is a bomb attack. But all the things and structures that man will make or that we kind of imagine as being something of protection to us, friends, all of those things are like popsicle sticks. We lock our doors at night thinking that, well, once the door is locked, everything is secure. But those door locks are not very helpful. And as the saying goes, locks are only for honest people. They're only to keep nosy people away, but they're not going to keep the thief away or the criminal or the person that intends to do some harm. We had better put our trust in something much stronger than locks and bolts and steel. No, friend, for the Christian, our security and our hope of protection is in the Lord God of heaven and earth. And we must come to reside there in that place. And if, believer, you are resting there, then you are putting into practice exactly the teaching of this Scripture. The Lord is a strong tower for me. are we residing and resting in that truth tonight in your own heart are you finding your comfort there oh i know we have responsibilities and i know you're likely to lock your door when you go home tonight and you go to the shopping mall and you're going to be sure that the car door's locked you don't want some penny thieves coming along and anyways car thieves today they don't need whether the door is locked or not locked. They've got all the equipment to unlock your car and take it away no matter what. So, but anyways, you're going to be responsible and you're going to lock those things and keep them as much secure and safe as you can. But let us not forget that by faith we come to rest in the Lord and we must live our Christian life along that line. We have depended on the Lord to save our soul. We've depended on the Lord to keep us secure, to bring us to glory. Can we not depend and rest upon Him in our everyday walking through this life? Yes, there are fears many, and there are threats many. And sometimes the threats are real that come against us. But in the midst of it all, friends, let us be sure that we are not Walking by sight replacing that but we are to walk by faith and we are to trust in the Lord with all our hearts there is also in this verse of scripture tonight there is a very true and a right response for us as the people of God For how are we to behave? Well, when we find ourselves in some troublous situation, we're to run to the Lord. It says the righteous run into it. Into what? Into the name of the Lord. We run to the Lord Himself. We run to Him because He is our strong tower. Faith in our standing... And in our prayer, oh, my friends, it's so easy to say that. It rolls off our tongue when we say, oh, yes, well, a Christian, we're supposed to walk by faith, aren't we? But faith is not something that comes so easy to us. Faith is something that is given to us as a gift, and our faith is intended to grow, and we are to grow day by day in the knowledge of the Lord, and to grow in our faith. Righteous in this context, it means those who have a relationship with the Lord. It doesn't mean that those people who think they are righteous are good, or they put forward their self-righteousness. We were thinking about that this morning as we considered that verse of Scripture that, that spoke so much about the just person. And the just man, what is that? Well, there is a memory of the just that is a blessed thing. The just person is not someone who declares themselves to be good or pure or righteous or holy, and the same truth is applied here. The righteous, when the Bible speaks about this, It's not talking about those who are self-made righteous people. No, whenever the Bible speaks in its truthfulness about the righteous person, it's speaking about those who are saved, those who have believed in the Lord and who trust in Him and who have received that declaration by God in heaven that we are free from our sin. David knew that declaration of being righteous Because he knew what it was to have the joy of not having his sin imputed to him. God had declared that he was a righteous man. We know that David made mistakes. We know that he made some horrible errors in his life. But he was a man who had a heart after God because God had redeemed him. He was a child of the Lord and he was seen before his master and creator and redeemer as a righteous man. And so if you are tonight in Christ, if you're saved, then the Lord says you are a righteous person. Now, I know that you're not likely going to go around and and tell everybody in the workplace, hey, did you know I'm righteous you're not likely going to do that because it doesn't ring true. It doesn't sound very good. And people immediately think, oh, who do you think you are, boasting you're righteous? But when we are speaking one with another, when we're looking biblically and scripturally at this, let us not be ashamed to acknowledge before God that He is the one who has declared us to be righteous. And so we can approach upon that ground of faith confidently and boldly and say, I am no longer under condemnation. God, you've declared it. I am able to approach boldly under the throne of grace because you have made me a righteous man. You've declared it, Lord, in all of my, in all of my faults and failures. How does the Lord look upon you tonight, believer? He looks upon you through the righteous bear it of His only begotten Son. And that's the only reason why we can be declared to be that. We have tonight a standing before God. He has made that Word. And if the Lord has made it, be careful not to doubt Him on that truth. Be careful not to question some other believer. Let us be careful that we are going to take the Lord at His word. Now, it says in this Scripture about running uh, to God. Some people run for different reasons. Maybe they want to get fit physically, and so they will put in their laps or their kilometers. Sometimes we run because there's an emergency. Someone cries out, and we want to run to help them. Perhaps sometimes we run because we want to be in service for the Lord. A great example of that would be Philip in the New Testament, in the book of Acts. Do you Remember the Lord redirected him and took him down to the desert of Gaza? Why? Because Philip was going to go and meet the Ethiopian eunuch and preach to him the gospel. And we have that little phrase that Philip ran to the chariot of the eunuch when God had identified the mission and the purpose that the Lord had for His servant, as soon as Philip saw that, he was away. He was going to do the work and the will of God. and Therefore, he was running in the service of the Lord. Now, that's not the subject of our message tonight, but it's certainly worth us thinking about and asking the question, am I a runner for God? Am I running in the service of the Lord? We're told here that we are to run to Him in the time of our need. Sometimes, quite frequently, we might run because of being afraid, because of fear. But we ask the question, how as a Christian... Are we to, how do we run to God? What does that really mean? People sing about it. Uh, we talk about it. The scripture here speaks about the righteous running to God. What does that mean? Are we talking something physical here? Well, no, you gather the gist of the teaching from the Word. It is speaking metaphorically of someone in the activity of running, But we're not physically going to run to God in that way. How is it then that a Christian is going to run to God? Well, I put before you that we will run to God first and foremost in the activity of our faith. We're going to run to the Lord by the faith that He gives to us and the very promises of His Word. Because when the Lord makes a promise, He expects us to take His Word into our minds and into our hearts, and it's going to be meaningful. It's going to have content. It's going to do something in our lives. Look, let not the Word of God just go in one ear and out the other. Let let not the Word of God, when you read it, just be as words on a page but pray its truth into your heart, we must therefore receive that word by faith and we must engage our faith to apply it in our life. So yes, believer, we are going to run to God by engaging the very gift of faith that the Lord has given to us. But we must be clear that we're going to run to God through or by His Word. You don't run to God in your dreams. You do not run to God in your vision experiences, whatever they might be, because many people have very strange ideas of God communicating to them or of them communicating to God, and they are off the wall. They are out of touch with the reality of God's Word. Believer, it's so vital for us as God-fearing people that if we're going to understand and taste the promises of the Lord and the reality of His truth, we must operate according to the Scripture. We sang one of Brother Bodner's hymns this morning that were taken from the five solas of the Reformation. And it is by faith alone and by the Word of God alone. And this is the foundation of our authority because if we look to anything outside the Scripture for our Christian authority, we're going to be confused we're going to be like that uh, that branch that's blown about by every wind of doctrine or of opinion or philosophy and that's going to be a hindrance to us but i say to us all tonight that as we are to walk by faith we must come to engage the scripture and this is what it is in applying it tonight of running to the lord it's through his word And when we think about that, if God has given to us a promise, a directive, a help, an assistance, and He gives it through the promise of the Scripture, then let's be very sure that we are coming back to the Lord with His Word and praying that promise back to Him again. When I run to the Lord through His Word... I find great security and help by the promises of Scripture that I will read over and pray over and pray their truth into my heart. That is the very essence of what it means to run to God. You're taking His truth in the very action by faith of engaging that you will find the Lord to be a great strength and a tower, and His name will be that which is of security to you. But I say this, how do we run to God? Should we not run to Him with priority? The Lord sometimes is the last thing we think about when we're in a time of difficulty and trouble. And we try to fix the problem by our own tinkering. We go to our toolbox of fix-it tools, and we think we're going to try to do this, our problems in life. But friends, let's be reminded again that the Lord wants us to make Him a priority in our thinking. Our thought processes must always be filtered through God's holy word and if we do this in the first place if we make that a priority we will save ourselves a whole lot of grief and a whole lot of mistakes my dad used to always say to me in the printing business how come there's never enough time to do it right but always enough time to do it over That's when I would have spoiled a printing job or something like that. And yeah, you're rushing, rushing, rushing to get a thing done. But when it's done wrong, you've got to do it all over again. And sometimes that's the way you and I are in our Christian walk and experience. We want to make the Lord the priority. We want to seek Him first because in doing that, we'll be going down the right path. And the Lord never disappoints us. Sometimes the Lord may cause a little delay in our life. Sometimes He he will make that delay in order to teach us, to instruct us on some point that we need to improve on. But the Lord always welcomes our first responses to Him. He doesn't want us to be turning to our friends or our family. He wants us to come to him in the first place. Friends and family are good, and we can be helpers one of another, and we should be. But let's believer, not use our family or friends as a crutch to lean on. Let's not use them and replace God with them. Uh, use the Lord as a priority but we will also run to the Lord with a sense of urgency. Yes, I know priority and urgency, they are linked together, but there is a distinction between them because when we find ourselves in a time of need and fear and many other things, let us always have this idea and feeling of urgency to seek the Lord, because in so doing, we will build up a very good habit in our own life, and the habit of is seeking first the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. And in Matthew chapter 6, does the Lord not say, you are worried about many things, but can Can you, by thinking or worrying, increase your height a little bit? Uh, Can you change your appearance? Do the flowers of the field worry as God prepares them and beautifies them? And they are more beautiful than all the glory of a Solomon? And the Lord said, why then do you worry? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and Christ, and all these things will be added unto you. Take no thought for your life, because sufficient for the day is the evil thereof. So the teaching behind all that is this, that there is a sense of priority, a sense of urgency, that we are to be seeking after the Lord and running to him. And let it also be with regularity. So many times we find ourselves kind of a hit and miss approach to our devotions with the Lord and our our study of His Word. It's, uh, well, if I I can get enough time in the day, if, if my schedule works out okay, then I'll give my certain time of reading and of praying to the Lord and seeking Him. Friend, that's not going to be the most helpful way for us to be growing in grace. It's certainly not that of a disciple, one who is disciplined in the manner and pattern of serving Christ. No, there needs to be a regularity in our approach to the Lord. Does the Lord ever say to us, now now, listen here, you're coming to me too frequently You're coming and knocking on my door too regularly. I think it's time you gave me a break and just relaxed a little bit. Don't be so hyper about this. (laughs) Friend, the Lord never says that to us. The Lord always says, seek my face. Run to me. Come to me. I want you to walk in moment-by-moment communion with me. Imagine Enoch. Remember that guy Enoch in the book of Genesis? It says that he walked with God. And we're told the Lord took him. He was a man who was in fellowship with God. I know Enoch's a unique character and very unusual, because Enoch was not the only man who walked with God, and there are many others that have walked with the Lord, but the Lord didn't take them before their time. They went through the valley of death. But the point is this: that Enoch sought God continually he was in a constant frame of mind of communing with the lord he was he was constantly running toward the lord yes there was a regularity to his faith walk is that the way it is with us tonight but also to run toward god there is a sense of great confidence that when we run we will not be disappointed the Lord is the one whose arms are open I mean what kind of a parent when a little child is running with their arms open for mama or dada and what parent is going to ignore them and turn away and say I don't want you That, that that's not normal that's not right No, a loving mother, a loving father would always embrace that little one and pick them up and take them into their arms and love them. And that's exactly the way the Lord is with us. We have confidence to approach. Come boldly unto the throne of grace that we might obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of our need. The Lord is no disappointment to us. God has not promised us skies always blue, flower-strewn pathways all our lives through, but God has promised strength for the day, rest for the labor, light for the way, grace for the trials, help from above, unfailing sympathy, and undying Love, now, well, friends, it's so important for us to run unto the Lord. So, this verse of Scripture—it's a statement with of great security for us. It is a right response for us. But finally, there is a very comforting outcome—a very comforting outcome. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runneth into it and is safe. And is safe. The word means simply to set on high, uh, to be lifted up. And so when we run to the Lord and He embraces us, what does He do? He picks us up, He lifts us up, He sets us on high. We are safe. A picture would be of David when he was fleeing from Saul, and if he was abiding in the tower on the mountain known as Masada, it was quite a fortress that could be protected by one soldier virtually. And David knew the Lord's presence for him. He knew what it was to be lifted up by the Lord, both practically but very true spiritually. And believer, we also can know and should know regularly what it is to be in the safety of our Lord. And when we run to Him, He is promised that He will lift us up. And what is this lifting up? What does it mean? Lifting us up out of the reach of, of the enemy. Oh, the devil is always after us, and it seems that he's hounding our footsteps every day. And we wonder because of that, is the Lord really fulfilling his promise? Is he lifting me up? Well, God has promised there is no temptation taken you, but such as is common to men. But the Lord will, with the temptation, the trial, make a way of escape. And in that way of escape, what's He doing? He's lifting us up. As we have run to Him, we will say, Yes, Lord, we are safe. We are set on high. And when the Lord does that, it gives to us great peace and great security. And there is a calm for us in the fiercest of battles. Christian life is going to be filled filled full of struggles and trials, and no doubt about that, Jesus promised that everyone who lives godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. So, that is real. And we must understand that. But in the storm, and in the fierceness of the storm, we can know the peace of God that passes all understanding. And when we have the peace of Christ, when we have the joy and the hand of the living God upon us, we can say, let the storms blow. Uh, Let the, the waves roll in. The boat of my faith and my salvation will not be swamped. It will not be overturned. Let us run to the Lord and always find in Him our refuge and our abiding comfort in Him. And make this our prayer tonight. And in the midst of the battle and the storm, He will be true. And He will be our refuge and our strength in every time of trouble. Friend, if you're not a Christian tonight, if you don't know Christ, then I say to you, come to Him. Open your heart. Repent of your sin and call upon Him as your Savior because at the sound of your voice, and I say the sound of your voice, of your spirit crying out to Him, He will hear you. He will forgive your sin. He will heal you and save you. And you will know the joy and the peace of full salvation. We're going to close our service tonight by singing another hymn about the name of the Lord, number 45. And it may well be the same tune as the one we sang just a moment ago, but that doesn't matter. The words are important for us. Well, I'm not sure if that was the note we're going to start on or not, is it? number 45. Let's stand, please, as we worship. Father, we are thankful today for your presence with us, thankful for the Scriptures that always have just that word in season for our hearts. Dear Father, encourage every believer tonight. Help us to go forward no matter what storms, what opposition, what trial comes. Lord, pour out your grace. And always, Father, we pray, direct us back to the Scripture. Direct us back to our Lord Jesus. Help us to always abide upon our great foundation. Lord, any tonight here who are not saved, any listening online, work in their hearts, Lord, we pray. For the sake of our Lord Jesus Christ, we are asking these things. And, Lord, bless now our fellowship downstairs afterward. Help us to eat and drink to the glory of our Lord Jesus and receive our thanksgiving now and forevermore. Lord, part us in your fear with your rich and mighty blessing. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.